if we could actually bind or graft some organic chemistry onto silicon, uh, you could make actually a sensor uh, that could duplicate this, the, the human sensor. So we've been able to duplicate pretty much any sense, any human sense, uh, high eyesight, you can listen, you can do many, many things. But the sense of smell is pretty tricky to, to duplicate. So this original bet of, you know, binding actually or using uh, organic chemistry, which is very similar again to what, to the way your nose works together onto silicone was actually uh, the whole principle of what we wanted to do. And that's what we've been working on for the last seven years. Hey everyone, welcome to Brains Behind AI, show where we meet the innovators, entrepreneurs, and the real brains behind some of the most successful AI startups. We ask them about their journey from coming up with the idea to finding the product market fit. And from their experience, draw a set of principles that we can take away to ours. This is your host, Ari. Thank you for spending time with us. And now, let the show begin. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Brains Behind AI. We have a great episode in store for you today. For our guest is Sam Guilome. And Sam is the CEO of Aribale, which combines biochemistry, advanced optics, and machine learning to mimic the human sense of smell. As CEO, Sam is responsible for the overall strategic direction and investor relations. Prior to Aribale, Sam was the co-founder and CEO of Movia growing the company to the leading motion sensing technology and eventual acquisition of Evansense, the leader in inertial sensors for consumer electronic applications. Sam brings over 20 years experience in the microelectronics industry to the Airy Bali team. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Sam, before we dive into the company, let's take a minute to learn about your personal background. Where did your personal journey start and how did it lead you to Arabelle? Yes, thank you. So um, I'm, I'm an engineer by, uh, by training and uh, I realized that uh, uh, I was missing too much interaction with people. So facing my computer. So at one point in my life, I decided to move into uh, more people management uh, and then it took me to marketing and sales and so on and so forth, right? Which eventually leads you to I think managing a startup. <laughs> so that's my, it's my fifth startup. And I really enjoy the, the journey very much. So it's an exciting, exciting time. Yeah, that's actually a perfect balance for a tech and emerging tech CEO, where you have the tech background, you get the technology, and you have the experience and expertise to take it to market. So that combination is great, actually, especially uh, given what you're doing. Now, coming to the idea here, how did the idea of getting into order analytics and smell happen? Where did it start? So it all came from a, a, a very nice encounter with a, a gentleman called Tristan Roussel. And, uh, and uh, Tristan and I have been friends for many, many years. And, uh, and uh, we were running actually our own company uh, many years ago. Uh, Tristan sold his company, and after he sold his company, he was looking for his next, you know, next venture. He has a biological background, and uh, he uh, he met some uh, a, a good technology from a public research institute in in France, Grenoble, called CIE. And as a biological engineer, 
he found a QBS technology uh, which was uh, mainly used for pharmaceutical industry. But he could see that there was some uh, some great opportunity if only he could actually uh, we could use this technology uh, uh, into air as opposed to liquid. It was actually designed for liquid environment. So that was the original bet, if you will, that uh, Tristan made. And uh, since uh, it involved sensors, he brought me into that story. So we essentially started uh, this uh, seven years ago, started this company seven years ago, which is a mix of semiconductor sensor expertise with uh, biological, significant biological content. So that's how it all started, right? How did the idea of getting into order analytics and smell happen? So the idea came from, um, can we mimic the principle of human sensing, human sensing of smell? And and, and if you think about it, uh, your sensors in your nose are organic, made of organic chemistry, which is pretty, pretty innovative when it comes to semiconductor because Organic chemistry and semiconductor, they don't bind very well, right? It doesn't really match, work very closely. But if we could do this, right, you could come up with something that is as close as it can get to uh, the human sense of smell, while uh, at the same time use what we, we as uh, industrial members, right, we know very well about the, uh, scent, uh, the semiconductor industry, which is to process silicon, right? So if we could actually bind or graft some organic chemistry onto silicone, uh, you could make actually a sensor uh, that could duplicate this, uh, the human sense of smell. So we've been able to duplicate pretty much any sense, any human sense, uh, high eyesight, you can listen, you can do many, many things. But the sense of smell is pretty tricky to, to duplicate. So this original bet of, you know, binding actually or using uh, organic chemistry, which is very similar again to, what, to the way your nose works, together onto silicon was actually uh, the whole principle of what we wanted to do. Right? And that's what we've been working on for the last seven years at Taribane. Yeah, that's amazing. And as I think about it, I can see how hard this can be because solving for smell and odor is definitely at the frontier because it's so relative. So as you work on the solution and as you work on the technology here, what is the business case here? What is the opportunity? that you see for the technology you're building? So there is essentially two ways to look at this, right? One way is to say, well, I'm able to duplicate yet another sense, uh, another human sense, and I can do, you know, with an artificial nose, you could do uh, uh, things like, you know, quality assessment, you know, you want to control the quality of a specific flavor. You want to, um, you know, taste, taste and, and smell are very closely linked, right? So you could also, you can also do some uh, artificial testing, if you will, right? So there is, that's one way to look at it. I prefer to look at it from a different point of view, right? When you look at the way we humans are made, right, we essentially collect and fuse many uh, sense, uh, many information, right? We, f- we fuse touch with, you know, temperature, with, uh, with vision, with smell, with many things, and we build actually a whole context. By providing such a, such a sense now, you can actually provide systems, machines, equipment, smartphones, you know, connected devices to do contextual analysis, right? And, and I'm, I'm, I very much believe that bringing the sense of smell will be as close as we can get to 
convey emotion because you know most of the senses that we have been able to duplicate until now, I call them cold senses, right? They are rather cold and, and distant. While uh, olfaction, uh, I'm, I very much believe that it will provide and convey emotions, right? So now you think of a system that can capture and eventually transmit uh, or transmit and convey emotions, right? So I think that's really the way I, I like to look at what this whole new sense actually can bring to the body, right? It's really a significant change. It's a, it's a leapfrog actually in terms of uh, bringing content to the context that you're trying to capture. No, that's fascinating. And did you always have this idea in your mind that you wanted to do something with sense of smell with your, or did, like prior to seven years ago starting the company? Was this an idea that you've always had in the back of your mind to tap into? It's a very good question because uh, I've been in the sensor world for quite a few years. The last one was olfaction, and it was a very nice opportunity when Tristan mentioned uh, this opportunity to start Aribal. It was a great opportunity that, you know, personally I could not miss, right? <laughs> too much, it was too nice of a promise ahead of us, right? So for, for the reason I was just mentioning before. You could think about it, right? But the reality was not there yet. And, and, and now it is. <laughs> wow. And how did you come up with the name, Aribali? So Tristan did. Uh, Aribal actually is, uh, is, I think is Greek, ancient Greek, for a small and for a small can content, a small container to carry perfume, right? So it's, uh, you can, you can find this in, in museums today, but you can see very small, tiny bottles eventually that were uh, used to carry perfumes. Pretty smart name, I guess. Interesting. So where are you with the business today? Are you still in the R&D phase or do you have a technology that's validated and you're thinking about production and scaling what you have built? What is the state of business? So we are just at the transition of uh, starting the industrial process, right? So we are investing now into a, a, a manufacturing line, right? Uh, the first few years of the company have been really about taking out a technology from a research institute into a company, right? So there was a lot to do about uh, performing the, uh, the technology itself, you know, uh, working on, on reliability, working on performances, working on, on cost, of course, right? And, and we've done this for the last five years, roughly. And for the last two years or one or two years, we've been investing into uh, really making this technology compatible with you know, low cost, very high volume and very small dimension. It's essentially, it fits on, on, on the size of a nail. And we can make it actually by millions eventually. Right? So that's, that's really what we've been working on for the last couple of years. And now we are uh, investing into this manufacturing line to initiate, you know, and start ramp up. Yeah, that's great. It looks like you're about to scale. So how big is your team at this point? And where is your team located? Do you have everyone in and around France where you are? Or is it more of a virtual setup? So we are about uh, 50 coming to 60 today. We have actually offices in uh, Grenoble, France. We have offices also in New York. We just opened an office in Seoul, Korea. And then we have also a, a sales representative in Germany. So we are across actually these four countries, which is pretty much where you know, our customers are located. Yeah. And that kind of transitioned into my next question. Are there any specific industries that you're tapping into at the moment or really focus on targeting? 
Yeah, so if it's um, if you are on the daring side, you know, the first question that comes to you is, you know, is it any good? <laughs> so is this good? I should be able to, uh, if this technology should appeal to people from the old-fashioned world, right? So uh, we were very lucky to uh, to meet and, and now work with a, a company called IFF based in, uh, based in the U.S. Uh, IFF stands for International Flavor and Fragrance. And God, they know a lot about old-fashioned, I can tell you, right? So they've been essentially educating us at first. And now we are very, we are working very closely with them to really, you know, drive the performances of the device, right? And make this, you know, uh, make it so that tomorrow it can be progressive, right? So there is something that I'm sure you realized already, but when it comes to smell, there is no absolute reference. There is no units. There is no, no way, no universal way to, to, you know, decipher or to, to convey a smell, right? If I'm clear and I tell you it smells strawberry, it's very likely that my definition of strawberry is different from you, right? From yours. So we have also to come up, and, and that's what we're working on with our partners, including IFF, of course. We are working on um, on a way to make actually the sense of smell universal. And with such a device as we've been able to to, to develop, you know, it's it's absolute in the sense that you know uh, uh, once you make a measurement with this device. You know, it can, once you, when, once the device has learned a specific smell, it can record it and it can find it again after, right? So, uh, so it's, uh, as close as we can get from, you know, what we could eventually call a standard, right? I think we are very close to this, right? So back to your point, flavor and fragrance was the industry that we wanted to work with because again, if, if it was appealing for them, it would be appealing for many more industries, right? You're solving this very difficult problem. And one thing I'm curious about is, as you have taken on this journey from an idea to where it is now, and as you're thinking about production and scaling out the technology, I want to understand what are some of the challenges you encountered in solving for this, and how did you work around those challenges? So this one definitely is one. The fact that there is no units. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So it's it's really it's really you know you make subjective measurement, which you know. It's an oxymoron when you think of it, right? You know, it's like, it doesn't really mean anything if I make a measurement and I cannot reproduce it or you cannot reproduce it, right? It's, it's, it's a little bit actually a, a, a counterintuitive, right? The lack of standardization, the lack of units, the lack of, you know, we, we were not able to be deterministic at first, right? So we really had to work on this, right? That was, that was one point. The second point, which is very related to this, is that you cannot describe a smell with any kind of formula, right? So that means that unless you have the right technology, and in that particular case, we, we will be talking about machine learning, right? Unless you have such a technology, there is no way you can do something like this, right? Vision, you can actually write formulas about vision. You can define actually, you know, a specific color with a specific wavelength, a specific intensity. So you have some attributes that can you know, define a color. Smell is, is really tricky. And again, being unable to to describe actually a smell, uh, you have to, you know, use technologies that, you know, were not readily available, you know, 10 years ago, right? So, so we had to reach this level of ma- this maturity with, you know, uh, technologies such as machine learning to be able to provide what we can provide to them. Yeah, that makes sense. So how are you solving for it? Is this more of a technology problem or is this more of a chemistry problem or is it the combination? So first was to um, 
So we will use fragments of what you have in your nose. So in your nose, you have proteins that make actually the, uh, the, uh, the smell, the capture of the smell, if you will, right? So we, we speak mm-hmm. about olfactive, volatile olfactive compounds, right? And so you, you, they will bind actually on proteins, right? So we use fragments of proteins actually to mimic you know, what you have in your nose. So the challenge was to, you know, graft this, you know, fragment of proteins onto silicon to make it actually efficient. And again, the, the mean, the, the reasoning, uh, the, the rationale for using silicon is very much about, you know, making this low cost, high volume, you know, small dimension. Right? So that was one challenge, which was really a chemist, chemistry type of challenge. Then the next challenge was to make actually uh, this transducer, which is using silicon, very effective, right? So we had to to fix or to solve issues like, you know, uh, uh, we're using an optical phenomenon, right? So it, it, it brings up, we need optical expertise to make it actually uh, efficient. And then you have electronics on top of it. And then once you have sold all of that stuff, you need to, you know, plug it to uh, some kind of a machine learning engine, right? So you have to yet develop this, right? So it's very multidisciplinary, right? And once you have all of this, now you start to scratch your head, your head about, you know, what do I do with an olfaction sensor, right? So what does it, what is it good for, right? So you have to learn about, you know, how to prepare a specific sample, how to, you know, duplicate the preparation of a specific sample. So if you want to prepare a five PPMV sample of strawberry, well, it's not that obvious. <laughs> you need to get, you know, some pretty good expertise, thanks to IFF, by the way. So you have yet another, another dimension, if you will, of expertise, which is required. So it's, again, it's very, very multidisciplinary. And, and that's what I really like about this activity is that, you know, we, we have, you know, chemists, we have optical engineers, we have electronic engineers, we have mechanical engineers. Because, yeah, I forgot to mention that you, you, real, you realize that your, your, your nose actually sniffs, right? So there is fluidics involved. So you need to pump, right? You need to sniff also, right? So you have also fluidics on top of it. So that's yet another sense, uh, another kind of expertise. So that's many, many types of expertise that you have to gather and bring together to make it work. So Yeah, that's an interesting point you're touching on. And I want to hear how did you solve for the talent problem? Because I assume you needed to hire machine learning engineers and you needed mechanical engineers and chemists and psychologists and so on. So how did you organize the talent to work on the technology and the solution you're building? Well, first of all, we have uh, among 50, 60 people, we have about 10 citizenship, right? <laughs> so you don't find all of them locally, of course. It's a good question. I guess, uh, uh, we, I guess we, we had the right network and mm-hmm. then we, I think maybe the company is appealing enough so that people actually also come to us. We are very active also when it comes to promote actually job openings, right? So, uh, so yeah, we have people from all over, right? You know, from South America all the way to, uh, to China, India, Russia, the US, of course, uh, France. Germany, so we have people from all over. So uh, I think it, it comes down also to uh, you know having something which is attractive, right? On on, on company itself, the location. You know we are in, in a very nice and attractive place, also in the middle of the French Alps. So that helps, of course, right? I think people like challenges, and especially you know young engineers and young PhDs, they like to tackle you know new things. That's definitely where we are for sure. So do you think that you have now a heightened sense of smell? I'm sure you get to smell a lot of beautiful scents. <laughs> you know, you know, 
males are not known to have a very developed sense of smell compared to compared to women. Right? Really, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I I would not actually consider myself as a as an as an expert when it comes to olfaction. Right? Definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, you're solving this interesting problem and you have 55, 60 people working for you. I want to understand the other side of it. How did you convince the investors and the VCs to invest in the technology you're building? That's a very good point. Actually, you you know, um, when you pitch your story, you know, that's what the CEO of a startup does, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. pitch, you pitch your story, right? When you pitch your story, you know, uh, you don't have anything to... To refer to when it comes to olfaction, right? There is no, there is no business in olfaction today, or very, very small. So you have, you have to pave actually. You have to pitch a story where you know essentially you will have you know an electric nose in your smartwatch tomorrow, right? And yeah, but what for, right? So you have to come up with you know. So it's not speculation because you, you want to make it real and you want people to be able to almost touch it, right? So you have to, you have to provide actually. Uh, I think it's you have to go step by step, right? And come with, you know, your, your, your background and say, okay, our initial step will be, you know, to prove that this technology can, can do the job, right? And once, you know, this technology, you know, and, and I'm talking about the chemical technology to, uh, to, to start. And then, you know, uh, uh, my next step will be to bring this onto silicon. And if you can, if I can get there, now I really have a business because I can, I can build and duplicate, you know, this sensor, you know, by the, you know, with a significant volume. And then you have to, Bring along, you know, some credible people because, you know, <laughs> you pitch a story, but you're not that credible, right? So you need to bring actually industrial partners with you. And we've been very, very uh, lucky to attract five uh, very significant uh, uh, industrial players and it's public information. So IFF uh, uh, is an investor into our company also. Azaikaze, which is a Japanese conglomerate also, is, is, a, is an investor in our company. We have Hyundai also, the car maker. Who is also an investor in our company? Samsung is an investor, and then the group Seb, which is also a small appliance manufacturer in Europe. So all of them come with their credibility, with their background, and and essentially they they bring credit to your story, right? You know, yes, eventually I will be able to use such a sensor in my car because when it comes to car sharing, making sure that the cabin is clean and the guy before has, has not left a sandwich or has not smoked in the car. It, it matters for us, you know, uh, operators, Hyundai, uh, for instance, right? So, you know, then actually you strengthen your, your story as you have testimonials coming from, you know, uh, parties like, 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 like them, right? So I think that's how, at least that's how we've done it, right? You know, we start pitching a technical, technological uh, uh, pitch, and then after we evolve into something a little bit more industrial, and then we try to bring actually testimonials to make our story more credible. For the people around us, yeah. I like that you have industry players, the consumer of your product as investors in your company. I find that very interesting. And I think the dynamics are very different when you have the consumer of your product also as investor in your product versus having a standard typical financial VC firm. So the question I have for you is, what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur that's working on a hard problem? where they're solving for something that's out there, just like you did with smell. How should they approach an investor? And what should they do to get an investor excited and interested in what they're building? First, I think, you know, um, usually you, have, you start with financial investors 
who are a little bit more, uh, you know, or less risk adverse, I should say, right, than industrial players. It's an interesting, actually, point. I find that, you know, our initial investors were financial investors and that, you know, they've been able to, you know, help us mature and finance the, the, the beginning of the company until we could actually be appealing enough for industrial players, right? So it's, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a mix of, you know, financial investors together with industrial, actually, investors. I think that makes a, a proper balance, right? I just wanted to highlight, actually, this point. I don't know, actually, what works after, uh, what kind of advice, you know, I, I can give. I think it, it, it's, it has to do probably a lot with how passionate you are about, you know, what you want to, what you want to teach, right? And how credible you are with your background. You know, it's my uh, fifth, fifth startup. And I failed actually on one. I don't know why. I think maybe it comes from the fact that I was not actually uh, familiar at all with the industry I was targeting, uh, while actually the other four <laughs> companies I've uh, been involved in have been much more successful. And uh, and and I think I fit more into this industry, right? So I think there is a, a matter of fitting, right? And and whatever background you have, actually, you fit or not, or, or you don't fit as well in some industries, right? So that's my personal experience. But, you know, I can convey my passion when I, I'm into an industry that I, that I understand and I, I use the right vocabulary. I use the right, you know, behavior. I dress the right way. I don't know. But I can tell you that another industry I, I didn't fit at all. <laughs> it did not work well. <laughs> so that's maybe, that's maybe, that's a, as opposed to advice, it's, uh, it's sharing my experience, I guess. <laughs> no, thank you, Sam. And that kind of ties into my next question now you've started you have five startups you are a true entrepreneur along your journey did you have to do you feel like you had to have a certain mindset to overcome obstacles challenges get creative ideas and how did you transition from that mindset maybe from startup to startup if i have one talent is to be surrounded by the right people i think that's you know how the best i can i can summarize the whole thing right uh, I very often consider myself, you know, uh, like the director of an orchestra. I know a little bit of piano, but I'm very bad at piano. I know a little bit of violin, but I'm very bad at violin. I know a little bit of, you know, a trumpet, but I'm very bad at trumpet. But I know how to spot the right trumpetist. I know how to spot the right violinist and, and the right pianist. Right? That's really how I see myself, right? And, uh, and luckily, I've been able to... Uh, uh, and then at Toribal, we have, you know, outstanding people. Uh, uh, so they are the one doing the right thinking or the, the smart thing. And I'm, and I'm just conducting, I guess, right? So that's the easy part. I, I, I really find it the easy part, right? <laughs> so, and I, I think, you know, from if you have this recipe, you apply it from one company to another. It's just a matter of finding the right people, I guess, right? And, yeah, having that eye for the talent, but also enough know-how about the technology to see the right combination where they meet is the secret sauce, I think. So now, as you look towards the future, where do you see the technology in your company, say five years from now and then 10 years from now? After we have proven that we can make this actually a, a sensor, which is really, really mass market and compatible with many, many applications, for me, the uh, ultimate goal is to have actually uh, such a sensor that helps you in your daily life, right? And in particular, it's not speculation anymore, right? But, you know, there is, there is a lot of, you know, uh, academic work that has been done on health and olfaction, right? 
And I can very much uh, see that, you know, two years, five years, 10 years down the road, you know, you will start in the morning, you will blow actually on your, on your watch, on your connected device, one way or another. And it will run some kind of a, you know, health assessment on you, right? And I very much believe that, like, uh, that how, you know, this technology will really reach, you know, its, you know, ideal goal, I guess, right? Which is, uh, have a significant contribution in, you know, in everybody's life, right? And, uh, and health, of course, as we know, is, is, is critical. And if you could have, you know, such an easy way of making, you know, you know a rough assessment of your, of your health condition, that would be, uh, we would have reached our goal for sure. And for all the industry leaders listening, do you have advice for the industry leaders that are out there? I think the way Ari was was asking this is very much the way I'm looking at, at things, right? Is, you know, where do we want to be five to 10 years from now, right? And, and, and where and how do you want to contribute to, you know, what's going to be out there in five to 10 years from now? It's, it's not always easy to, you know, use your small entity today and then, you have this technology that has the capability to really have a significant impact on the world, right? But it's not always easy to see, right? So you really have to believe into, into your vision and thinking that, yes, you know, it can be very disruptive, right? So you have to have this kind of long-term vision and really stick to it and, and really believe in, believe in it, right? So I don't know if it's an advice, but, you know, trying to have some faith in your, in your future and what, and your contribution in the future. I think that, yeah, that's maybe one. <laughs> Thank you. All right. The final question I have for you is now looking back at your journey of building this startup and starting with the idea and coming this far where you are, if you have the opportunity to do one thing differently, what would that thing be given the hindsight you have now? Is there anything you would do differently knowing what you know now? Well, that's an interesting question. That's a very interesting question. I do think we have amazing people today. We can really leverage from being on, uh, on, on many different locations. We were, of course, like, like everybody else, you know, severely impacted by the travel ban, right? Because, you know, our customers are not in Grenoble. <laughs> they are in the US or in Asia. So we just opened up an office in Asia, uh, which is actually really, really good. So I think, yeah, we, we are now in a situation where we can really leverage from this, you know, international representation, which help us bring, you know, people on board. What would I have done different? I don't know. I'm, I don't think much, actually. I think, uh, I think it's, uh, it's a good combination. It's a good alignment of stars, right? And uh, we are working on aligning the stars even more. <laughs> so. Glad to hear that. Hey, Sam, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. This was super fun for us. I know you're on vacation and I really appreciate you taking time to be with us and share your experience and journey with us. So thank you for being on with us. It's much appreciated. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. (laughs) Take care. Thank you so much for being here today. If you like what you heard and are interested in more, visit us online at brainsbehind.ai and sign up for my monthly AI startup tracker. That's where I cut through the noise and bring you AI startups that are making tangible progress. Till next time, go out, be the brains behind AI.